You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. It is my joy to invite you to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. As we're going to take these next few moments and consider from this text the astounding turn of events that we celebrate at Christmas, which is that God sent a child to rule the world. Listen to what Isaiah 9, 6 says to us. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. In 1985, the radio airwaves and I suppose the cassette manufacturers were dominated by a little band from the UK called Tears for Fears. And in 1985, on their second album titled Songs from the Big Chair, one of their greatest hits of all time came out, and it was the song titled Everybody Wants to Rule the World. This song really drew its inspiration from the book 1984 and was in particular tapping in to what was evident in the world at that time as everyone was seeing the the corruption from insatiable desire for power and control in the world. And as they looked out upon the world, that's what they saw. They saw a world where everyone wants to rule. Now, that's something new to us because we know from the Word of God that this is the way the world has been since the very beginning, since the fall. That our world, fallen under the curse of sin, ruled by the corruption of an insatiable desire for power and control is a world where everyone wants to rule the world. And that truth is what makes Christmas to me astounding, what makes Isaiah 9, 6 to me astounding, because it means that into a world which everyone wants to rule, God sent the world a baby. One of the most interesting promises I've read in Scripture is right here in Isaiah 9, 6. When it's speaking about this coming Redeemer, this child that would be born to us, a son would be given to us, this this baby, he says that the government will rest. The government will rest on his shoulders. Contrary to the oppressive yoke and staff of the, the world system, which you can read about in the verses that are just at the beginning of Isaiah chapter 9, God sent a ruling redeemer heir on a rescue mission to save the world, but also to give the world what it needed, and that is a ruler. I ask you this evening, what does that say of God? That he sent into that world where everyone wants to rule, a baby, a child, to rule the world. Who does that? Would you do that? 
Would you take all of your saving resources and put them into something so incredibly fragile? If you imagine this, that your family and friends, your closest loved ones are stranded on an island in the middle of the Pacific, and that island is quickly sinking. It's surrounded by crashing waves that are continually pounding upon the rocks. It's encircled by sharks. There's no way off of this island. If anyone tries to leave, they just get tossed back onto the rocks or eaten by the sharks, and yet you want to get the message of rescue to them, how they can be rescued. How would you get that message to them? Sending a baby with the rescue mission is like sending them a message in a bottle, rolling it up and tucking it away and fitting the cork and then hurling it into the Pacific Ocean. Who does that? What does that say about the God that sent that baby? Well, listen to what else Paul says about that child. When he is grown and he is in the midst of this incredible rescue mission, the way that he describes him in Philippians chapter 2, he already existed in the form of God, but he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This central theme runs throughout the life and ministry of Jesus Christ from the first moment to the last. He is meek and humble. He is like a child And this is the child that has been sent to rule the world. What does that say about the God who sent him? The meekness of this Redeemer baby says everything about God's ultimate control and sovereignty. The only person who would send a child on a rescue mission to rule the world is someone who is absolutely, totally Sovereign. This is one of the most astounding statements of control ever. A child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. If you think, like sometimes I do, that being big and tough is the best statement of control, then you, like me, we have missed it. Actually, The greatest statement of ultimate control is sending a human baby to lead the greatest rescue mission the world has ever known. Can you imagine what it might have been like if the angels had known about this rescue mission of sending this baby into the world, the Son of God into the world as a mere human? When the angels heard about that, they would say, Lord, are you sure? You you know what it's like down there. It's a dangerous place for a baby. Houses collapse. Kidnappers kidnap. What if this baby chokes? You've seen babies. They can't do anything for themselves. They are incredibly fragile. Lord, there's this thing called SIDS. On top of that, he says, oh, by the way, also, this baby will be born in a barn. In a barn. They say if Herod finds out, if Herod finds out, 
He'll kill all the babies. He'll kill this baby and the rescue mission will be over. But the Lord says, no, he won't. No, he won't. Because the only one who sends a message in a bottle, the only one who sends a child to rule the world is the one who has absolute, utter control of all things. The one who can mark days so that nothing can happen outside of his time frame, that that child could not die one second prior to his appointed time as the redeemer of the world. It's this control. It's this assurance. It's this promise. It's this sovereignty that even causes Paul to continue In Philippians chapter 2, he says, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everybody wants to rule the world, even you, even me. In fact, I believe the scriptures are clear that that is a central problem in all of our lives. We want to rule the world. But instead, God sent Jesus to rule the world on a mission to rescue you and to rescue me, not only from our sin, but from our desire to rule the world. He has come to rescue us from that desire. This is This is Christianity as its most basic. That those who know Christ, those who who celebrate tomorrow in truth, faithfully, are those who have entrusted their little worlds within the world to the one person who actually can rule. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the child that was born to us. The song of Christmas delivers not the bad news that everyone wants to rule the world, but Christmas delivers the good news that we can rest in a Savior who rules us. He rules for us, and he knows how to do it. But that's not all. You see, because if we stop there, pray, sing, leave, we miss a far more important truth. Because while it's nice to have someone to rule the world, that doesn't guarantee the way that world will be ruled. It doesn't answer the question about this rule, that ruler that, yes, he will come rule, but how will he rule? And I think that is as important, if not more important, than the question of the ruler himself. How will he rule? So before we go tonight and before we celebrate in the morning this child that was born to us, that has since redeemed us and is in fact in this very moment ruling the world, we should ask this, how does Jesus rule and govern? Does he rule with an iron fist? Does he rule with exacting and merciless laws, with crushing commands, with threats of violence? But just as he came in a way that we would not expect, he also rules in a way that we do not expect. But Isaiah and Isaiah 9, 6 tells us exactly how he will rule. 
Jesus is the ruler of the world, and he rules the world in a way that none of us would anticipate. He rules the world by ministry. I think that God loves to perform the unexpected. I think that God loves surprises. And this, this is surprising. What do you expect from a king who rules this world? A king who would come and rule a world where everyone wants to rule the world. How does he do it? Is he an aggressor? Is he a demander? Is he a killer? Because that's the kind of world, it seems, needs a ruler like that. How else could you rule a world like that? Think again about that song, Everyone Wants to Rule the World, the very first lyrics, Welcome to Your Life. It's a statement of of inescapable oppression and darkness and difficulty. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. That's the kind of world that is here. It's a world that has an insatiable lust for control and power. It's a frightening picture of the world. Inevitable reality of tyrants constantly watching and judging and controlling. In this kind of world, there are no good nights. Even when the fallen world sleeps, It still finds us. What kind of a ruler does God send into a world like this? Listen to what Isaiah says as he gives these these titles for this ruler. He says, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. You know how hard this world is, don't you? Just two hours ago, I spent a little time with some folks who lost one person, a mother and a grandmother, this evening, wrapping presents, about to go to church for the first time because she hadn't been to church in a while because of the pandemic. This is a hard world. Left to our own feeble mind, when we think about this hard world, what kind of king do you expect to come? Do you expect a fight club king? Well, the true king, he's not a fighter. He's actually a minister. He has more of a mission field mentality than a battlefield mentality. In fact, he has even postponed in his sovereignty, in his ruling power, the day of battle. And he has exchanged it for now with a day of ministry. That's why he is called Wonderful Counselor. Now, left to myself, my view of mighty God must be off because I don't expect a counselor. I expect someone who comes in and takes charge, not someone who brings counsel. I expect someone who comes in and punishes, not someone who lays his life down. What does this title mean, Wonderful Counselor? It means literally that he will counsel wonderful things. And that's what we are all about. We are all about the wonderful things that have been encapsulated in this message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life in our place. 
He died on the cross in our place, and he rose from the dead in our place. And now, by his very Holy Spirit, he is every moment of every day, without ever sleeping or slumbering, everywhere in the world, he is ministering his grace in the world. He is ministering his good news, his wonderful counsel. But also, notice what else he's called. He's called Mighty God, that he becomes the God of people. He uses his power to bring people to belong to him, to be their God. Not to be their enemy, but to be their God. Eternal Father. It's a picture of his unending care. Not yet in the scriptures have we really had unpacked for us the the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit And so here we're seeing that this child who is born to us, that the government is resting on his shoulders and he rules the world, he does it it like a father. He does it with incredible compassion and care, with a familial love, because he is the prince of peace. It was so striking to me as I was looking at this text to find that that word peace is actually the word Shiloh. You know what the word Shiloh means? It means tranquilizer. Jesus Christ is the tranquilizer. I mean, as soon as I hear that, I think, what a great movie title, The Tranquilizer. But you know what? When that movie comes out on Christmas morning and everyone goes to see it, no one would like it because that's not the kind of ruler he is. It's not the kind of ruler that you expect in an action movie. He just goes around making peace. He goes around pouring his life out. He goes around praying for people. He goes around announcing good news. He goes around making and keeping promises because he actually is the one who can make tranquil. He is the tranquilizer. But notice this also. As this text goes on in verse 7, Something beautiful, an incredible promise. When you get your heart around this truth, the child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his rule will be so otherworldly, it will be so unlike you expect, that he, instead of ruling with an iron fist and, and demands and crushing commands, he actually will be a wonderful counselor. He will be a mighty God. He'll be an eternal father. He will be a prince of tranquility and peace. Not only this, but his reign of ministry will forever increase. Listen to verse 7. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. How? Well, the Lord of armies is raising up an army, but he's raising up an army of people who are like him. An army, not of fighters, but an army of ministers, an army of grace givers, an army of promise makers and promise keepers, an army of announcers of good news, an army of ministers. 
the best thing that we can do as people who are resting in the rule of another who has come to rule this world, our little world, to be a faithful member of his ministerial army. I think that's a good calling for us this Christmas, that we would be faithful members of his ministerial army by simply doing this, by exalting cheerfully him who has rescued us from our desire to rule the world. That's how he's made peace with us. That's how he has counseled us. That's how he's become our God. That's how he continues forever and ever to care for us. He has done it by coming to rescue us and ruling our world. We're going to sing in just a moment, O Holy Night. And I hope that for you, like me, these truths will, will add a new freshness to what that night is all about. That that night was about someone coming to rule our world, to rule us, and to do it as a minister of grace. We are so thankful in our church, in our churches. We're so thankful for the grace of God. We're thankful for the grace of God as we think about this Christmas of what exactly Jesus Christ came to do. He came to enter our world. He came to understand our need. And he came to give us himself. There's nothing more beautiful for us to celebrate. There's nothing brighter. There's nothing more glorious. There's nothing more gladdening than to know that this is the kind of king that we serve. And this is the kind of king that we always will have. Our Father, this evening we come before you in gratitude, in cheerfulness, in celebration of all that this season means to us. There are many distractions, there are many other things that buy for our attention, there are anxieties and worries, and we pray in this moment, in this time together, as believers in Christ, that the truth of this baby who was born to rule the world would comfort our hearts, that he would be the true tranquilizer of our hearts, and that we would rest at peace because of him. We do pray that you would make us into a great army of ministers who would minister your grace around the world in hardship, in good times, in hard times, in a world where everyone wants to rule, that we would do that with confidence and with hope with courage. And so we pray this evening that our hearts would be aligned with yours and that your joy in your son would be our joy in your son. We pray this in his name. Amen. 